This is the Sean Hannity Show podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, today we witnessed a series of examples of European naivete, and may I add, hypocrisy. The decision of the European Court in Luxembourg on Hamas, the resolution of the EU Parliament in Brussels on Palestinian statehood, and the call from Switzerland to investigate Israel for supposed violations of the Geneva Convention. Now, all these point in the same direction. They point to a spirit of appeasement in Europe of the very forces that threaten Europe itself. Too many in uh, Europe are calling on Israel to make concessions that would endanger not only the security of Israel, but also, paradoxically, the security of Europe itself. Because Israel is the forward position of European civilization. Israel is the bulwark of European values. Israel is a pluralist, vibrant, multi-party democracy. In Israel, there is equality before the law. The rights of all are vigorously protected, of minorities, of women, of gays, of everyone, only in Israel. All right, this is the Sean Hannity Show, and you are listening to our friend, uh, Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu in from Israel. That was December 18th. It is incredible that in our lifetimes, this soon after World War II, that we have seen the re-resurrection of anti-Semitism, of anti-Jewish sentiment, of anti-Israeli sentiment. It's just incredible. That's what the U.N. has turned into. I think it's time for the U.N. to move from New York, go to Brussels or somewhere else, and uh, and we quit paying you know, more than uh, anybody else. And I have a friend with me that's um, on the show now, Joel C. Rosenberg, uh, awfully smart guy. He's been a former Netanyahu advisor. Uh, He's uh, been a consultant for Rush Limbaugh. He's been an advisor for Steve Forbes. And uh, those are things he can be proud of, being a, a dear friend of mine. I don't know if that's uh, anywhere, <laughs> something he would want me to brag about. But uh, he's got a new book coming out January 6th, The Third Target. My wife and I have gotten an advanced copy, folks. It's it's fantastic. And uh uh, of course, if you're not familiar, you need to check out Epicenter, The Last Jihad, Ezekiel Option, The 12th Imam, The Tehran Initiative, Damascus Countdown. If you want uh, nonfiction, try Inside the Revolution. Uh, he's an amazing person, and he is now living in Israel. Joel, great to have you on the Sean Hannity Show. Joel Rosenberg, you got children. Uh you're in Israel right now, right? I am, Congressman. Great to hear your voice, and, uh, <laughs> and you are sad. a good friend, and I'm very grateful for that friendship. And, uh, yeah, I'm in Jerusalem uh, with my wife and my kids. Uh, we don't live in Jerusalem right now. We do. We are Israeli citizens, um, uh, dual citizens, actually, of the U.S. and Israel. But we're here uh, visiting some key leaders and um, and having some meetings, and uh, just glad to be with you. Well, one thing I liked about Tom Clancy novels is uh, he really did his homework. You do the same thing. You go talk with uh, leading officials around the world. You do your your homework. And, uh, gee, if you're in Jerusalem, uh, I'm wondering if maybe the president, since he's 
not ruled out having an embassy in Tehran, an embassy in uh, all these other folk places. If maybe, uh, maybe he could get around to having one in Jerusalem someday, the true capital of Israel. Well, you know, the United States actually built an embassy, but they call it a consulate because they keep deciding that they don't want the embassy of the United States to be in the capital of Israel. Well, I was thinking uh, it uh, defies the, imagination. I, I was thinking that when Senator Obama was running, that he had made a point that Jerusalem should be the capital. Am I just imagining that? I was at his speech where he said that. Yeah, at, at, it was at APAP, and I uh, got a huge standing ovation, and then he, he bailed on it. Uh-huh. But look, what as you and I are speaking, it's very interesting. As you and I are speaking, the United Nations Security Council is about to vote any moment now on a resolution uh, introduced by the country of Jordan to require, to force, to mandate a Palestinian state to be created by 2017, which would include, in the, in the resolution, I've read it, would divide Jerusalem. Where I'm speaking to you right now would be uh, turned over to uh, the radicals of Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, um, all the Christian holy sites would be returned would be turned over to Hamas. Uh, the Jewish holy sites are considered East Jerusalem, so that would get presumably turned over to the Hamas government. This is that's being voted on right now. Now I I hope that it goes down in defeat. I hope the United States would veto it if it's on track for success. But what I write about fictionally, like in this new novel, the third target comes out next week about ISIS rising and threatening to attack the United States and Israel and our Arab allies. I wish it were just fiction. But, Congressman, you know, because you know this country, you know this region, it's hard for me to keep up on worst-case scenarios to write about as a novel because real life is is moving so fast in this region, uh, and people are trying to divide this city and hand it over to terrorists, and it's stunning. Well, you wrote about, wasn't it, the Damascus countdown where the it, it, totally fictional, but the U.S. had a uh, a very weak U.S. president that thought that uh, perhaps uh, he could persuade people with speeches, but the world perceived him as as being very weak. Was that Damascus countdown? That was that was exactly. Yeah, and, yeah and so and so totally fictional, totally not like today. Yeah. yeah, but uh, well, now it, the new one. So the new one, which comes out next week, we call The Third Target. It's about a New York Times reporter who sneaks into Syria during the war-torn Syria because he's heard a rumor that ISIS, the Islamic State, these terrorists, brutals, you know, savage terrorists, have captured a cache of chemical weapons. And the question is, is that true, and who will they use it against? Uh, They obviously are a genocidal group uh, in real life. But the question in, in the novel is, who would ISIS use chemical weapons against if they really had them? They're already trying to bring down the government of Iraq. They're already trying to bring down the government of Syria. So who would be the third target, the next target? And that's what this novel is about. Uh, again, I wish it were pure fiction, but it starts to feel a little... A little too close to home, given what's happening in the region right now. Well, and I was just uh, in Erbil with Dana Rohrbacher, who was just on the show, and 
and uh, uh, Steve King, Gregory Meeks, and you know, in in speaking with the Kurdish leaders, Prime Minister Barzani is a friend. We met in different times, but you meet with their military leaders; they're just at wit's end. These guys are not the ones that threw down their weapons, and yet they're fighting against U.S. tanks. They're fighting U.S. armored personnel carriers. Right. U.S. Uh, yeah, all this Humvees that that are coming at them, and they they don't even have not received the bullets that we've sent uh, to Baghdad. Baghdad's not forwarding all the best stuff, so they're having to shoot at at tanks with guns that can't possibly penetrate them. And they're they've made great progress, but imagine what they could do if our friends over in the region had our weapons instead of uh, our worst enemies. But Islamic State has gotten weapons both from Iraq when they left them right. for ICE, and they are getting them from the Free Syrian Army as as we send them in, and then the Free Syrian Army say, hey, send us some more. We just uh, had those stolen by ICE, so send more. And this administration keeps sending them. I, I can't imagine how frustrating it must be for those in the region fighting our enemy, their enemy, and they're fighting against the best uh, U.S. weapons in the world. Well, I agree. I, I've been to Iraq now four times, uh, including uh, Kurdistan. Also met with uh, Prime Minister Barzani, the same one you did. It, very interesting because when I started writing this novel, um, it, no one, uh, very few people had heard of ISIS. When this was two years ago, we had heard of Al Qaeda in Iraq. We knew it was morphing into something different. But as I began to meet with leaders in the region, uh, both in former, two former uh, CIA directors, um, uh, the former Mossad uh, intelligence chief here in Israel, as well as leaders in Jordan, the prime minister, the foreign minister, the interior minister, as I began to meet with these leaders, I said, what do you see coming? What's the thing that keeps you up at night? Yes, Iran, nuclear, I've written about that, as you know, but what? But what else? What, what worries you? And they kept saying there's, you know, al-Qaeda in Iraq is morphing. It's changing. It's becoming this new group called ISIS. And the thing about it, two years ago, that very few people had heard of it. My publisher <laughs> were like, you know, are you sure you want to write a novel about something that no one's ever heard of if you're trying to make your novels realistic? Well, I think we're past that point now, obviously. Yes, we are. Um, and as the novel comes out next week, the third target it takes people into this world of what if this all goes even worse than it is now? Like, it's bad now. I mean, it's genocidal conditions just two hours from where I'm speaking to you. Uh, 200,000 people dead, uh, Christians being slaughtered, mm. people being beheaded, people being crucified. But it could get much, much worse uh, for the people in in the region, but also here in Israel, and also Americans, is ISIS is not stopped. Uh, and that concerns me deeply, and I wanted to write a novel that would take people out of the op-eds, out of the talk radio and television, as, as important as those things are to get people thinking, but take them into a world that, that could get much, much worse and, and do it as fiction and, and, and try to get people to feel how bad this could get if ISIS isn't decisively stopped, and so far uh, it's a very poor strategy the U.S. is playing out um, because of the president. Well, and because uh, your novels are so realistic, they they sure pull me in and don't let me go until I finish the book. And and uh, 
and I, I, I mean, uh, they're a lot scarier than the, the, the worst horror stories because uh, there is so much realism in them of what's really going on. Well, uh, and as far as what's really going on, uh, what's uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's future looking like uh, right now in Jerusalem? Oh, it's interesting. On top of everything else in the region, uh, yeah, Israel is heading to uh, elections uh, uh, for the second time in less than two years. Um, March um, 17th, um, I, as a new Israeli citizen with my family, um, we're, you know, I, we're both U.S. and Israeli citizens, that's uh, dual citizenship that's allowed, but I'm going to get to vote. And uh, it's a very interesting moment. There's a lot of uh, political forces and media forces here in Israel. Does that mean uh, your kids are going to someday have a military commitment? Uh, they may. Well, they haven't been drafted yet. But, yeah. You know, okay. you, you never know. So one day, one day well, they're too young right now. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but what about Netanyahu? But, yeah, but he is facing a a, a very strong um, opposition, both in the media and the political sphere. It is very possible. I, I wouldn't predict it, but it's very possible that he will not be the prime minister uh, two and a half months from now. Wow. Uh, wow. I, the climate is shifting rapidly, um, but imagine a scenario in which uh, uh, the main uh, leader against Iran's nuclear program, against ISIS, um, you know, and with this much experience, might not be there now. You think it's true that the U.S. is working against? You think it's true the U.S. is working against his reelection? Well, there's no question that there's bad blood between the president and Prime Minister Netanyahu. I mean, yeah, he got uh, caught on tapes in that. Yeah. And, of course, we know a White House official just a few weeks ago used a highly vulgar term to speak of our main and best and most faithful ally uh, here in the region. So, and, and made it personal about Netanyahu. Yep. So, uh, does the big picture, does the White House want Netanyahu to win? I think it's fair to say, reasonable to say, that no, they do not. How actively are they working against him? I don't know. Uh, it's not visible, but on the other hand, um, I, you know, Netanyahu has uh, seems to be, you know, <laughs> he seems to choose to go against our friends and seems to be supportive over of our, over. Well, uh, listen, support, uh, appeasing our, our enemies. Well, you brought up the U.N. vote and, and I run out of time, but let me just say, uh, we saw it in May of 2010 when when Israel's strongest ally pulls away. It's provocative. It provokes action against Israel, and it comes back to harm the United States. Folks, Joel Rosenberg, we're going to break, but get his book, Third Target. Awesome, awesome book. And uh, we'll come right back to the Sean Hannity Show. This is Louis Gomert sitting in. Hannity Headline, a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you everywhere you go. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. Welcome back. Uh, this is the Sean Hannity Show. This is Louis Gomert sitting in. Tell you, though, Joel Rosenberg, great uh, book, Third Target. But this vote going on right now at the U.N. Security Council on Palestinian Resolution you need to uh, call the White House, people. We have got to make sure the president knows there will be consequences from voters uh, in 2016 if they do something to force Israel into giving up their land, their their areas. 
and this would be a disaster. And it reminds me, May of 2010, uh, this administration supported Israel's enemies in demanding that Israel disclose all their weapons. And immediately after that, uh, within a couple of days or so, the flotilla challenged the, the Gaza blockade and people died. Um, it's provocative when enemies of a country see that country's strongest ally pulling away. We need to stop. This is Louis Gohmert for Sean Hannity. We know you never... Barack Hussein Obama telling us that, uh, yes, uh, actually, as it turns out, since Republicans have been in the majority in the House, uh, he's been able to rely on Harry Reid and the Senate to be the party of no and to block those things that we passed in the House. Uh, and that's why there are hundreds and hundreds of bills over the last four years that have uh, just never seen the light of day in the Senate. Good bills, bills that would have helped get the economy going, bills that would have uh, created jobs across America. Job, uh, it would have created jobs uh, and more energy that